Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So. Buckle up, because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers plus have a 30 minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry or career related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Hey friends, thanks for being with me today for another episode. I am so thrilled to welcome my new friend, Katie McCown, to the show. She is releasing a new Bible study called She Smiles Without Fear, Proverbs 31 for Every Woman. And we got to talk all about it today. We talked about her writing process, just the path to this study that God took her on. And she's so wise, so rooted in scripture. And I just loved our conversation. And I think you are going to as well. So help me welcome my new friend, Katie, to the show. Katie, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to be here. I love what you're doing on this podcast, and it's such an honor to be able to talk with you and your listeners today. Oh, this is going to be fun. Well, we have been on the phone for 10 minutes already. Uh, and I, when that happens, I always know that, man, this is going to be super fun. So I feel like I've already found a fast friend. And I am so excited to get to have you on to talk about your new Bible study. So it's called She Smiles Without Fear, Proverbs 31 for Every Woman. And Here's the thing. When I talk to authors, I always love to hear like the story behind the book and kind of what God did in you leading up to, you know, what people 
who don't write books don't know is like, there's a very long process that happens before you hold this book in your hands. And what people can't see is you're closing your eyes and you're nodding your head. And so I want to hear a little bit about that path for you. So, you know what? Um, I mean, I can go all the way back to the first year of my first son's life, my firstborn wow. child, and he was not even a year old yet. And I remember, I mean, I can tell you where I was standing and I looked at my husband and I just felt that Holy Spirit grip that you feel. Maybe some people call it an elbow, you know, that you feel. And, and I looked at my husband, Luke, and I said, I think God wants me to write a book. Mm-hmm. And then it really, it moved from that to no, um, I will write a book because that's what God said. And that was 15 years ago. (laughs) And so I knew that at at the time I did. I knew that that was something that God was revealing to me as a plan for me um, to serve him. But that's all I knew. I did not know anything else. I didn't know what I was going to write about. I didn't know how I was going to do it. And And then 15 years ago, I had one son. And if you fast forward a few years, I had six children and they came one at a time, but I had six children in eight years. And so what was really funny is that that moment happened. And then if you were looking at it, you would say that my life went in a completely different direction. Now, I love being a mother, but I will tell you that I never imagined having six children ever ever, ever. And, um, even after my first child, it threw me for such a loop that I wasn't sure I wanted two. And then I had six. And so, um, I, I will just make a quick summary of all of those childbearing years, just to say that God taught me so much during those years of when all of my children were little and my husband was an NFL athlete. And so, while that sounds exciting, which it was, it also proved to be very uncertain. So he was an NFL quarterback for 13 years and we moved a dozen times during those 13 years. Who all did he play for? He played for the Cleveland Browns, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Atlanta Falcons, and the New Orleans Saints. And so he finished his career in New Orleans. He retired in 2016, was his last season with the, with the new Orleans saints. And so, um, they were wonderful years and we had such a blast, but we moved so often. And a lot of times we moved unexpectedly. I can think of three times off the top of my head that we found out one day that we were moving and the next day he was where that place was. And then the rest of us tried to catch up, you know, we needed to find a place to live and pack a U-Haul and all of those things. And so during those years of having children and learning to raise them and learning to teach them and lead them and, and really um, allowing God to show me a lot about myself Mm -hmm. that drew me nearer to him. It was really, they were years that I became more and more aware of my need for him And I learned more and more how to rely on him, how to seek him and pursue him and how to trust him to use moments and days and weeks and months that seemed 
not to produce a lot of profit, if you will. You know, when yeah. you're in those years of raising little ones, it's not like they wake up the very next day and call you blessed. Like the Proverbs 31 woman, yeah. her children arrive and call her blessed. Okay, that doesn't happen when they're two years old. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that. And it's such a process that you don't oftentimes necessarily see producing fruit because you're just in the middle of it. And it, it's a process that takes time. And so God just taught me so much and he He pruned me so much. And I feel like I grew so much closer to him during those days. But that's, and, and then I'll say too, it was just in the process of living each one of those days fully invested mm. that he began to open the doors to yeah. pursue writing. And it was, uh, there was a year that we went to um, a team unexpectedly. We were only there for one season. And I really didn't love the, I, I wasn't super excited at that point to, to get involved. I was tired. I had just had my fifth child. We had just moved unexpectedly. I didn't know anyone. And I just kind of wanted to stay in my house yeah. and cook dinner and and care for boo-boos and, and rock babies and then just kind of get out of the season, you know? And and yet God sent the chaplain's wife to my door with the Bible study book in hand that the women would be doing. And oh, by the way, they were meeting the next day next door. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have a way out of this at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that Bible study is what began my writing journey. Mm-hmm. So um, that was, I'm trying to put my years together. I mean, that was probably seven or eight years mm-hmm. after that moment that I felt very convicted that God had called me to write a book is what I said at the time. So seven, eight years later is when I, I maybe found out the next step, if, if you want to wow. call it that. And it, it introduced me to Proverbs 31 Ministries and a conference that they have to train Christian writers and speakers. And, and then one step led to the next, led to the next. And yet still it was eight years between that Bible study and the publishing of She Smiles Without Fear. So uh, it was, it's really interesting how long the journey took Mm -hmm. and yet how faithful God was all the way through it. And this specific study, She Smiles Without Fear, uh, I can take you again to the place that I was standing in my yard when I realized the depth of what fear was taking from me. Yeah. And, and it was, that was the moment that God began to teach me how to smile without fear of the future. And so that was kind of the moment that began the journey that leads, uh, that led to everything that I learned that's now written in the Bible study. She smiles without fear. Yeah. Wow. That's so awesome. I would say I'm on a similar journey. I went to She Speaks for the first time in 2015, which we talked about before we got on. And I thought I had written like the best book proposal the world had ever seen at 23 years old. And I sat in front of um, Blythe, who is now my agent, and several different publishers. I think I met with like three different people. And it was all this resounding like, I love your passion. And I love, I love where you're headed, come back in a few years. Right. And so, so now, yeah, six or seven years later, I'm 
working on a very different book that is everything that God intended for it to be. So it's really cool to see how um, that evolves over time after God kind of puts that on your heart. So I love hearing that story. And I... Go Let ahead. me, I, I, I just want to encourage, because I know a lot of times you're talking to women on this podcast who are either learning for the first time, maybe about their calling to yeah. pursue God's kingdom and, and leave, um, and impact the world for, for, for Christ with what they've been uniquely gifted with. And I think sometimes it takes longer than we want it to maybe yeah. all the time. Maybe not all the time, but maybe a lot of the time. But I will tell you this: um, it's it's a part of that journey that was so vital, and it actually came just a month or two before I signed a contract for the Bible study. And Luke, my husband, had come with me to this She Speaks conference. And to be honest, Rebecca, by that point, I had heard so many no's that I was weary. Yeah. And um, and in my heart, I still wanted it. But I was so tired of hearing no and being disappointed or maybe getting my hopes up. And then, and so I had kind of, um, I had kind of stepped back a little and I had a moment where I was actually in this may not be dream of everyone that's listening, but you can apply this to whatever that is, that, that dream that God has put inside of you. And so there was a time where I, that, that week where I had been sitting with a publisher and an agent and they asked me, so do you have anything that you want to publish? And I said, yeah, you know, I do, but I'm just not really in a place where I'm going to push it. And, and then I went on this long spill and I was, I was telling Luke about the conversation and he, his eyes got so big and he looked at me and he said, So you basically told them everything you're not going to do. What are you thinking? You have been pursuing this and walking with God. And then someone asked you and you were like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And what he revealed in me in that moment. And he said, he said, Katie, do you want to do this or not? Yeah. And And this, it had become a Bible study by this point and the proposal. And he said, do you want to write a Bible study or not? It's a yes or no question. Yeah. If the answer is yes, then go do what you need to do to follow God and write a Bible study. And if the answer is no, then we need to go home. Yeah. And he really made me kind of draw that line in the sand and say, you know what? Whether it's taking longer than I want it to, whether I've heard more no's than I wanted to hear, whether I don't understand why or why not it's moving at this pace or it still seems stalled? Is it a yes or a no? Yeah. Did God um, put this in my heart and do, and do I want to follow him in it? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. And if it's yes, go. And so he, he made me say yes, because it was a yes, but that was probably one of the most important yeses I've said in this process yeah. because it was almost like until I was willing to fully commit, the doors weren't going to open anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and then once I did say yes, and it was almost a bit of humility, right? It's the yeah. willingness to say, I'll be told no again. Yeah. It's the willingness to say, I'm all in, whether it goes the way I want it to or not. And so it was a humble yes. It wasn't a, I'm going to make this happen kind of a yes, um, but it was the right place for my heart to be. 
in order to take the next step in the process, which did ultimately end in, in publishing She Smiles Without Fear. Yeah, man, I love hearing that story because I think you're so right in that we can take that concept of, hey, we're all going to reach a point, whatever it is that we're pursuing that God's called us to, where we're weary, or we've heard a lot of no's or apply that to your own situation. And that, yes, I would argue is just as important, if not more important than the original yes of, okay, God, yes, I, I, I see you and I, I hear you um, in this, in this call, but the weary, I'm still going to say yes is so important too. So I love that you say that. And I am so grateful that, um, that your publisher let me have a few copies of the book before it comes out. So I've gotten to kind of flip through it and read through some of it. And I love when I get to do that. It makes these conversations so much more fun. And so I've pulled some quotes for us that I'd love to kind of unpack a little bit. Um, one of them, I think this is so relatable to the time that we're in, which I always love being able to say that because you probably wrote these words a long time ago. But uh, the first one says, I can't change the future, but the fear of the future can change me. I want you to talk about that, especially right now. Okay. So there's a funny story to this. And then there's a more serious one. Let me start with the funny one. I'm going to summarize. It's in the Bible study. So you can get all of the lovely details, but in short, I was walking to a basketball game and lightning started to flash in front of me. And I was very concerned about not being outside when the storm landed on top of us. So my one and only focus was to get inside the building. And as we were approaching the entrance gate, I felt a drop of rain. And I felt sure that the next drop would be more like a Niagara Falls experience. And I just didn't want to get all wet like that. (laughs) So... I turned and started sprinting for the door. And in my process of sprinting for the door, I ran straight into a cement post (sighs) that was about hip high because I didn't see it because I was looking at the door and I collided with this post and it sent me sort of headfirst towards the pavement. I did not face plant thanks to Luke. I've talked about him a lot already, but he saved me. He put it, he grabbed me around the waist and put me back on my feet so that I did not face plant into the concrete. And I was super thankful for that. And his eyes must've been so big. Like what in the world are you doing? Because he's not near as concerned about the rain as I was, but I use that as an example for what happens to us when we fix our eyes on the future, when we are so fixed on avoiding, that was a literal storm that night, but on the the storms that we fear, on the worst case scenarios, on the what ifs that are in the future. And when we fix our eyes on that, it alters our actions in the present. And so for me, I go falling over these cement posts that could have easily been avoided Mm -hmm. if I wasn't sprinting towards a door because of a storm that I was focused on. And by the way, I did make it into the building. I did not get wet and it did rain. It did rain. It was exactly what I thought was going to happen. But when it happened, I was inside under the safety of the the roof of the building, much like God is our shelter in times of storms. But 
that's just my little picture analogy of what it means to say, I can't change the future, but the fear of the future can change me because it can, when I am focused on the future or what might be the what ifs, the worst case scenarios, it changes, it alters my actions in the present. And so let's go back. I mentioned before that place where I realized I, the, the depth of what fear was taking from me. And I'll, I'll tell you about that place. I was standing in the yard uh, outside of our rental home in New Orleans. I had all six of my children by that time. And as I remember it, it was an absolutely beautiful day. It was a warm summer afternoon. It wasn't this melting hot summer afternoon. It was just a beautifully warm summer afternoon. I remember the sunshine. I remember the beauty of the wind blowing through the leaves of the trees. And we had a slip and slide out and my kids were just running up and down that slip and slide and giggling and smiling and having the best time. And I stood in the yard that day with tears in my eyes because of what I was, what was happening in my thoughts. I could not get my fears of the future off of my mind. I had all of these worst case scenarios playing out in my mind. I don't know if I had read a news headline. I don't know if I had had a conversation with a friend that concerned me. I, I don't know what prompted all of those thoughts, but I remember the opposite of what was happening in the moment. It was my children giggling, the warmth of the sunshine, the, the beauty of the breeze. And yet I was, I had tears in my eyes and it was all over things that weren't happening right now and that weren't guaranteed to happen in the future. And that is when I realized because of my fear of the future, I was losing the present. Yeah. And so that is just a short summary of what I mean when I say I can't change the future, but the fear of the future can change me. Yeah. It can twist me into something God never intended me to be. And it can, it can render me unavailable to yeah. invest in what's happening right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, man, that perspective matters so much right now, doesn't it? As we move forward and we navigate um, just everything going on in the world, I that's why I'm so excited about this study. And I think it's going to be so great for women right now, because um, I think it's so easy to let our thoughts just run wild during this time. And so I'm so grateful for that. Okay. So another place that I loved that I'd love to camp out for a minute on was you say, when we come to the end of ourselves, we often encounter our breaking point and our breaking point can become our boasting point. I want you to talk about that. So, you know, it's, it's possibly a familiar verse in second Corinthians where Paul says that when I am weak, I am strong. And he, so he says, I will boast all the more in my weaknesses because when I am weak, then I am strong because it is the strength of Christ in us that is made perfect in our weakness. And so I paraphrased that. Um, so that's what, that's what that statement draws from is that, um, when we are strong, uh, Christ's power is when we are weak, Christ's power is made perfect in our weakness. So uh, Proverbs 31, 25 is the verse that the entire study flows from. 
And depending on what translation you read, it can read a little bit differently, but it says strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. That's, that's one translation of it. And so when we talk about being clothed with strength and dignity, it's really quite a different picture than what we are bombarded with in our culture. Strength and dignity are talking points in the culture right now. I think especially to women right now, there's quite an emphasis on strength and dignity. The the huge difference between the strength and the, and the dignity that Proverbs 31.25 talks about and the strength and the dignity that the world talks about is where you find it. Yeah, And so the world will tell us that it's within us. All that we need is in us. We just need to tap in to our inner strength and we need to feel good about the dignity that we innately have. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we go looking inwardly um, for a way to produce this, for a way to settle in and believe somehow that we're strong or we're clothed with dignity. And, And ultimately that will fail us, but along the way, it will exhaust us Yeah, because we, the Bible tells us something totally different. The Bible tells us that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. (laughs) The, The Bible tells us that to produce fruit, we have to remain in Christ. The Bible tells us that ultimately true strength is not found in ourselves and we cannot create our own dignity, but that's the good news of Jesus Christ. He did it for us. He is strong and he lives in us. And when he died on the cross, he placed the dignity of being called a child of God. He placed that identity on us. Jesus did. So ultimately, when we, when we come to the end of our rope, we kind of land in the best place possible. Because when we can come to the place where we say, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I've run out of options. I've run out of good ideas. I've run out of my, the best strength that I can muster up. I've run out. We've come to the end of ourselves. And so we have nothing left to do but acknowledge I can't. That's when, for us, it feels like a breaking point. But that's where we transfer that to, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses because when I am weak, then he is strong in me. So ultimately, we experience the strength and the dignity of Christ that has been given to us by the grace of God when we come to the end of ourselves, when we stop trying to produce it on our own, when we stop turning to our own selves and our own ideas and our, our own um, best efforts. Yeah. And we rely on our savior instead of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's so good. And I, again, I just, these are such good reminders and, and probably some familiar scriptures that we have read. If we've been in the church or we've been a believer for a long time, for a long time. However, um, it's in these times that are so wild and crazy that we really have the opportunity to put these promises in scripture to practice. And so, um, man, 
I can't think of a better way to kind of flesh that out in our lives right now than to pick up this study. And so um, I'm super grateful that we're going to get to give away a couple of copies of the study to our Patreon audience. So for our friends who are already subscribed, um, if you're in our VIP party tier, we give away books each month. And so you're already entered if you're in that. But if you want to be entered in that, um, you can hop on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash do the thing movement and subscribe over there to get your name in the hat for those um, this month and then moving forward. So that's going to be super fun. And we're also going to have a bonus conversation with Katie over on our Patreon page as well, which we're about to go record. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. But before we do that, Katie, I want you to share with listeners, where can they get in touch with you, follow everything that you're doing, all that good stuff. Well, I'd love for you to go over to katiemccown.com and it's K-A-T-Y-M-C-C-O-W-N. Com. And when you go over there, I have a free download for you called seven prayers to help you smile without fear. And mm-hmm. so I'd love for you to go over there and grab that free download. When you do, you'll have the option to join my email list and stay connected that way. And you can also uh, stay connected with me on Instagram or Facebook. Awesome. Cool. Good deal. Okay. Well, we are going to hop on over to Patreon and have our extra conversation over there. But Katie, for now, for this conversation, I just want to thank you again for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I have loved having this conversation. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I am so thrilled to have you be a part of this community. I wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, did you know that when people rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps more people come across the show? And when that happens, the messages we're sharing get spread even further and we get to encourage more people. I can't think of anything more fun than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would do something that would take just two minutes of your time. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a written review. Tell me all about how the show is encouraging you and invite others to listen in. It truly means the world to this girl on the other side of the mic. And then number two, if you're loving the show and want even more content from Do The Thing Movement, hop on over to our Patreon page on your desktop or mobile device to listen to after the show bonus interviews, attend live Zoom parties, and receive extra coaching. Simply download the Patreon app or do it on your desktop device and search Do The Thing Movement. I would love to see you over there in that community. Thanks again for listening. And I can't wait to be back with you next episode. Same time, same place. Bye, friends.